Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And of course, joined as always by Tom Dorian. Tom? I'm great. You know I'm great. I'm in a luxurious corner booth with you. How can you not be great? And a wonderful guest. How can you not be great? That's exactly what we got all the uh, all the pistons firing today. There you go. We baked up some uh, good guests in the past, and right. we got one more uh, mm-hmm. to join us here. And this is Chris Bell, and Chris Bell is with Good Counsel Homes. Yes, Deacon, and Chris, thank you. welcome to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. This is great. I really am. It's my first visit, and I hope I can get to come back. You can come as many times as you want. Oh, we'll even you. give you a discount on the coffee. Oh, thanks. Um, so I'll tell you what, Chris. Maybe our, our folks at home uh, don't know what Good Council Homes is. And so maybe we should just start off with what is Good Council Homes? Sure. Well, Good Council Homes are homes for mothers who are pregnant or uh, about to give birth or giving birth or uh, with child and have no place to go. They're women who are usually abandoned by family and friends and as dramatic and as difficult as that sound it is. Uh, but with the grace of God and the help of a lot of good people, uh, we help a mom come into our home so she knows it's a family. So what, what, what kind of people are we talking about? Are we talking about people that, um, you know, we wonder what happens to the homeless people? Uh, is it, are some of them homeless? Are some of them just uh, kicked out because they don't have good family relationships? Or do you find all kinds of folks involved well, all, here? all those reasons, the, the really sad, tragic thing for a woman a young girl who's pregnant, she may not be wandering the streets, although some are, or in a park, or so, though some are, but she may be absolutely in between families and friends, and nobody wants her, or she has no place to stay, or she can't stay at home because her parents don't want her to have that baby, mm. or her friends found out she's pregnant, and they know she's going to lose her job, and she can't pay the rent, and they can't put her up. So she is desperate to find a place to live where she can have that baby and move on. Or maybe she's really troubled and she was on her way into an abortion mill. Right. And somebody outside was praying and said, hey, do you need some help? And she said yes. And they Yeah, said, so often I? people will think that they have no alternative but abortion. Yes. Right? And so whether it's financial or spiritual or family situations, they're thinking, this, I don't have a choice. And, and this is an uh, a wonderful choice. Well, and, and that's really the great lie. When people say it's a choice to have an abortion, it's right. not a choice. That's a dead end. Right. And what we do is offer a positive uh, road. And it's not just come and have your baby. It's, no, come, we're going to become your family because you don't have one now. And we'll help you go back to school, find a job. We have babysitting in our home. Also with the chapel. Thanks, uh, thanks be to God. We have the Blessed Sacrament in each of our houses. And we invite the moms. Well, not Catholic, but we invite them to come and pray and be with us. And they cook and clean, and it's a, it is a family. And so you also nurture to them sort of in a spiritual way as well. Oh, absolutely. In fact, we have uh, Deacon Peter and his wife, Joanne, and they took it upon themselves to visit each of our five homes. We have five homes in and around the New York City metropolitan area, although we have women literally from all over the country, and we have a national hotline. And uh, they come in, they visit, they do a little Bible study, 
study and they share the word and whatever the woman's background is, whether she had no faith or a little faith or she doesn't read scripture, she she gets to listen, to share. And then at some point they may say, listen, have you thought about maybe having your baby baptized or uh, christened or, you know, what, what kind of faith do you want to share with your son or daughter? And I can't tell you how many women respond, yeah, I, I'd like to have my baby baptized. And then they'll say, what is it? And so <laughs> Peter and Joanne get to share the word and get to share our faith. That is and, beautiful. Uh, yeah, that and is. even though, you know, a woman may not want to enter the Catholic Church where maybe she was baptized but received no other sacraments, then we have like a, you know, an RCIA program going on right. in the house. And and they've baptized dozens of little So you children. have RCIA there as well, the right of Christian initi- initiation for adults. That, that is beautiful. Yeah, What's well, grown up out of, out of the faith sharings of, of Deacon Peter and his wife Joanne. Uh, we have staff on duty in the house 24-7. We have a national hotline, uh, which is 800-723-8331. And that really is used for any woman in any crisis. Let's say pregnancy. that number one more time. Yeah, send, uh, situation 1-800-723-8331. We'll repeat it at the end of the show again for those who are interested. And we'll also give some website information and some addresses that uh, we'll make sure we get that by the end of the show. So get your pencils ready if you're you're driving, pull over, because we're going to give you that stuff in a few minutes. Uh, So tell me. I know that uh, Father Benedict Groeschel had something to do with all this stuff or helped you or assisted you in, in getting this started. How did all this stuff come to be? Yeah, I know. Why did a priest and, a, and a, at that time a single layman get involved with homeless women and children? I was living and working in Times Square, helping homeless and runaway teenagers, and it was there that I met Father Benedict. And what struck me, though, in the middle of Times Square was seeing the young girls who were pregnant or had a child and no place to go. And the first girl that I met who came in the doors, I said, why are you here? And how come you're here with your baby? And she looked at me and she said, well, Chris, when I first found out I was pregnant, I was happy. And when I told my boyfriend, he told me where to go to get Uh, rid of this thing. Right. And she said, I thought I was going to kill myself. Mm. And she said, but I realized I had a baby. And that was her words. I had a baby Mm. and I had to help my daughter and she was holding a daughter and she said can you help us and i looked at her and i said yes instinctively but i quickly found out because she was 17 and a half years old there were no programs there was no place for a mother and a child so she could go back to school or begin a vocational training program because or some because of, of her age because of her age she wasn't considered a minor for foster care anymore because she was going to turn 18 in six months and at, at that point they cut her off of foster care. She's trapped in between systems. And unfortunately it's that way throughout the country and mm-hmm. because she had a, a child she was going to wind up on public assistance mm-hmm. but that didn't give her enough money to get a babysitter or to go back to school or to find a job. So I said to Father Benedict why doesn't somebody do something to help a woman and a child because Aren't we able to help now two generations at once? Right. Because, you know, statistically, if there's early intervention for that child, that child doesn't have to grow up in poverty. And that mom, who has all the motivation in the world, staring at her in the face every day, wants to do better for her her daughter in this case. And so um, it was from that challenge, Father Benedict, I, when I told him that, he said, well, you know, why don't you do something? And then he said, I'll help you that good counsel began, first in Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, then in New York State. And we've helped homes open in eight states 
around the country. And so I how many how many homes do you have now? Uh, well, we run directly five. Okay. We started a home with the Order of Malta in Norwalk, Connecticut, called Malta House. And we uh, started another home in Indiana called O'Connor House, uh, one in Massachusetts um, called Visitation House, North and South Carolina. And those are run on the same model? Our much? model, yeah. Basically, you know, to help a, a mom, no matter where she's at, if she's pregnant or just given birth, we could help her come in, get her back into school, find a job or for daycare in the house. And when mom comes home from a day at work or school, she cooks dinner for one or two of them will cook dinner for all the rest they have to sit down uh like a family Mm -hmm. which too many of them have not done before and then uh you know after after dinner it's life skills programs it's like okay you know what is a checkbook right you know uh what what do i need to know about my child growing and developing things that a family would share things that a young mom might learn from her friends or magazines you know we become that family and we try to educate and help motivate so that within a year we ask her to stay a year and and a lot of our moms are staying a year uh we can move her out into her own apartment you know so often people are you know like insurance programs they're getting kicked out in three days or four days right you know there's yeah. a, it's a it's a quick uh, thing yeah. and what yeah. you guys are really doing is uh is uh, putting it all in there. You well, know, you're well, trying to trying. give them the whole package, and that's, that's the a cycle. beautiful thing. Well, trying exactly. to break the cycle. Exactly. I say we, we've been doing, you know, welfare reform long before the government ever talked about <laughs> right. it. Maybe because, probably a little better yeah. job of it, too, uh, I would just you know, say. A lot of girls don't want to go on welfare because they know it's degrading. They've mm-hmm. either seen it in their own lives or they feel it when they walk into those offices. Or they the might government. realize that it, it can be uh, a little bit of, uh, of a trap. You know, you might yes. get stuck in there, get yes. rutted, you know, and, then, right. and that's what you end up depending on, and that can be, that can be devastating to your family. That's right. And, and you know, girls have self-esteem. They have pride. They want to do more for their child. And it's a shame the fathers of the child are leaving them high and dry. And you might say, well, where are they? Well, you know, the government's going after them every which way, but the fact is they're gone. They didn't want that baby, and they say they could pay for that abortion, but not that child. So, you know, maybe they will wind up paying child support down the road. It's never enough. It's never on time. And, and mom is, does have that responsibility. And the women I meet, they love their children, and they want to do better. So what we're doing is providing that bridge. And with the, the love of God and the love of God's people, because we need God's people to help support our homes because we're not supported by the government, um, you know, we can offer that, that bridge and also that hope to point up to Jesus Christ who, you know, knows and loves us all from that moment of before conception. Um, but certainly when we know that child is there, um, isn't there enough love to take care of one more? And so I hope people can visit us at goodcounselhomes.org, and that's council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, homes with an S at the end of it, dot org. And if they visit us there, they'll find out more about Good Council Homes. They can go to Facebook, Good Council Homes as well, on our Facebook page and like us and share the word. The thing is, we need to spread the word that there is hope. And truly, throughout this entire U.S., and and you, you tell me people listen overseas, we can find help. Because in every country that can hear us, I know there's a church and I know there are pro-life people who are willing to die for that child. So certainly they'll go out of their way to offer help and hope for that mom and that baby. And right here in the U.S., our national hotline, 1-800-723-8331, can be called 24-7. 
uh, particularly by any woman who's in need, and we will hook her up locally or, if need be, uh, bring her into New York. Um, we're just you know, grateful to God that we're there, but we do need God's people and God's support. Well, we were going to give you those numbers again. Trust me, uh, uh, Chris Bell being the marketing genius that he is, is going to get that number in at least six more times before we end the program. <laughs> and that's beautiful, and you're welcome to do that. Yeah. Uh, but first, we're take a little break. We're going to come back and talk more about Good Council Homes. Maybe hear a few stories, sure. uh, some, some beautiful, touching stories of the, uh, the stuff that goes on there at Good Council Homes. Before we do that, we we'll remind everyone at home that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love for you to email me if you want to have more information they can about Good Council Homes. Send me an email, and I'll send you what information I have. Chris is going to leave me with uh, with all the good information, so I can you can you can get us uh, there at Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so, with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. How do we determine that we are following God's will? Perhaps if it is virtuous, then God wants us to do it. But if it is a pious, good, and virtuous act, is that enough to tell us that God has willed it to be done, and it is what He wants for us? This can get tricky. But St. Ignatius of Loyola can help. St. Ignatius of Loyola was a Spanish saint born in the late 15th century who became the principal founder and the first superior general of the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. St. Ignatius devised a simple test for determining God's will in our lives. He tells us that we must look at the fruits of what we are doing. That will tell us whether or not God willed it to be done. If it has good fruits, peace, harmony, and happiness, then it is more likely that we are following the will of God. If it has bad fruits, discord, pain, and disharmony, then it is more likely that we are not properly discerning God's will in our lives. A man wakes at 4 a.m. every day and spends four hours in prayer, which would ordinarily be viewed as a virtuous act. But if he is married, he may encounter a wife who becomes angered by the fact that he is no longer helping her get the household ready for the day, making breakfast and bathing and dressing the children. St. Ignatius would tell us that because of the bad fruits of his morning ritual, the upset wife, the disharmony in the household, the man might be being influenced by the evil one, Satan, who often comes to us in the guise of light. St. Ignatius would suggest that if the same man prayed the same amount, but at times of the day more in accord with his family's schedule, the fruits might very well include a more harmonious household and a happier wife. Thus, St. Ignatius would tell us that this was truly following the will of God. So often in our daily lives, we need affirmation that the road we have chosen was indeed the one that God had intended us to take. While the world may tell us one thing about the choices we make, the fruits of those choices cannot lie. We need only to take the time to examine our actions and their results to determine if God was truly served in carrying them out. Because of his life dedicated to the good fruits of a faith-filled life in Christ, St. Ignatius was canonized a saint in the year 1622. His feast day is July 31st. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. Uh, we got refills on our cups of coffee, and we have Chris Bell here, still talking about good council homes. Yeah. Now, Chris, uh, this has been so enlightening so far, and I love how you're actually sort of walking the walk here, right? We, as Catholics, we know we're a pro-life faith, right? We we love life, and we know God loves life, and yet we sometimes find it difficult to actually live that out. You know, what do we do about it? Yeah, we support it. Maybe we vote for pro-life politicians, or maybe we give a little money here or there, whatever, but your your ministry, your apostolate, what you guys are doing is really uh, putting your money where your mouth is. You're actually uh, out there doing something, saving lives, and that's so beautiful. And and uh, you had Thank given you. some numbers for contact, and we're going to give those again at the end of the show. So if you want to write those down, uh, we'll get those in a few minutes. But uh, people can contact you and find out how they can help support you and maybe get something started in their particular state or uh, find out more information about you, can't they? Sure, sure. And, and good counsel is about helping a mom who is pregnant and in trouble, basically. And most of the time, that pregnancy might be the best thing that's happening in her life. We had a, a young woman call our house uh, at 2 a.m., and she told the house manager, who picked up the phone very sleepily, not knowing what to expect, um, I'm going to kill myself. I'm pregnant. My father kicked me in the stomach. He mm. doesn't want me to have this baby. I don't know what to do. And she went on and on for over an hour and a half. And uh, the Lord blessed our house manager with whatever words, whatever inspiration she needed to hang in on that phone in the middle of the night and end with, just please come in later today. Just or come in as soon as you can. And that mom who later admitted she had been doing drugs, she'd been running around, obviously she's pregnant now, for her parents, who were hardworking people, but that was the last straw, and a father you know, went berserk. Um, obviously inappropriately, but he was beside himself, and she said to us, she was a mess, and she didn't. She didn't know where to go. And she, she recognized that she was a mess. Obviously, yeah. I mean, she at, knew at that was point. all part of the the mix. And she was on a downward slide. And thankfully, this was her bottom. I mean, some people have a very, very deep bottom, but for her, this was it. She came in. Uh, you could say she was barely sober, and she was really just totally depressed. And it took you know days and then weeks of just having her uh, live in our home, getting to know what we were about in terms of helping a mom go back to school, find a job, and we're saying, look, you know, you're here, and, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to help you. We're going to walk with you through your pregnancy, after birth, and we want you to go back to school. We want you to finish college. She just started college. And, you know, she wasn't dumb. She wasn't, uh, you know, unmotivated either. She was just going in the wrong direction very fast. And so... She said it took her about three months before she really began to trust us. And when she opened up her heart and her soul, she just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and just started to apologize to us about all the wrong she had done. She called up her parents. She apologized to them. She still didn't want to be home. She was afraid of them. Maybe they were afraid of her. Uh, She gave birth to a very beautiful baby boy um, 17 years ago. And uh, that mom, uh, as, as she got better, uh, she left us in a year. She continued on college. Uh, she called me up 
uh, when she graduated college. She called me up when she had her first job. She took me out to lunch because she said she wanted to sort of pay back what she had done. Then when we were working on on another house in Norwalk, which uh, I explained was Malta House, you know, working with the Order of Malta in the state of Connecticut, Norwalk, Connecticut, um, she came and spoke to a number of groups of people there sharing her story and her life. And by this point, she was a career woman. Uh, She called herself an entrepreneur. She was, uh, you know, into sales and doing some side marketing and just uh, very sure of herself, very confident, had her her son in a Catholic school. And um, she's since gone on to get married, have another baby. And, you know, God has blessed her greatly. And and I say it's a blessing for us at Good Counsel to to witness and to see that. You don't always get that affirmation from God. You don't always get that opportunity. And so what a blessing to be able to see someone at rock bottom and to know that God was using you uh, as an instrument to bring healing to this woman and to that child uh, and to just a ray of light into that uh, that family's life. Well, as you know, Deacon Jeff, it's everybody. God is working on all of us right now. And everybody who hears us right now is being called to ask, what am I doing for that baby in the Mm -hmm. womb? Because we all know every day, every day in the U.S., it's worse than 9-11 for the 3,000-plus babies who will be surgically aborted Every day. today. Every day. Today. And so you who hear this, you know, God is saying, what will you do for me? What will you do for me? I was a baby in the womb, and my life was threatened. Can you help support me? Can you please pray for me? Might you go out to that abortion mill today and say a prayer? So many women who have had abortions who come to repent and half the moms who come to good counsel homes have had at least one abortion usually at the insistence of their own parents the first mom who came into our home she was 19 years old she was very young vivacious and and uh came from a you know middle class uh family but her parents had just recently split up and she said i couldn't live with either one of them anymore And after she began to feel at home and trusting, she said to me something I never could have imagined. She said, Chris, this isn't the first time I became pregnant. When I was 17, I first became pregnant. And my mother said, we'll take care of this problem. And my mother took me to Planned Parenthood. And as you know, as everybody should know, as I didn't know at the time she was telling me this, Planned Parenthood is the largest single abortionist on the face of the earth outside the government of China. And... She said, they told me they were going to just remove a little blob of bloody tissue. And I said, would it hurt? Because she was young. She never had an operation. She didn't know what to expect. They said, oh, no, you won't feel anything, just some cramps. And in two or three days, you go back to school. You won't think about it again. And she said, Chris, when I was in that recovery room, there was a bunch of girls on stretchers. And I saw another girl crying. And I couldn't help but I started to cry and sob. And I was yelling, I killed my baby. And the nurses told me if I wouldn't stop, they were going to take me out in the hall. And I couldn't, and they did. And then she asked me two questions, which at that time I did not know how to answer. She said, Chris, when people see me with little Bobby, they say, what a beautiful boy you have. Is he your first? She mm. asked me, mm. what do I tell them? Yeah. And then she asked, where do you think my first baby is? Because she said... I know now, when I was nine weeks and went in for that operation, that my baby inside me already had arms and legs and fingers and toes and a beating heart. And you know that heart starts beating 18 to 24 days after conception. Usually that's the time a mom can confirm that she's pregnant. And I didn't know what to say to her. And you know, the next mom who came in at that time, she said that when she was younger, 
living in New Jersey where they don't have parental consent laws, and that's true of about 17 states, where a young girl, without their parents' knowledge or consent, can have this operation. She said a friend of the family took her when she was just a 15-year-old girl to have this operation. And she was saying to me, Chris, I never would have done it, but nobody told me, and I didn't understand. And she's and to this day, I still see Jeannie, and she's heartbroken that she ever did that because she said, I, I, you know I love children. She's raised four children herself, and she's really... Um, you know, just you don't forget. And for the women and the men who've been involved in abortion, you know God forgives. Let us not forget that God can forgive. And there is uh, there are ministries out there. You know, and Good Counsel's Lumina Ministry, it's a post-abortion ministry, is there one of many, many ministries to say, yes, God forgive, God loves you. And well, obviously, you know, ab- ab- abortion is one of the great lies that's been perpetrated on our society, obviously. Oh. It's just it's a horrible lie. And you see these people getting trapped. Yes. Right. And, they're, and they're, usually they're young. They're vulnerable. Uh, they have uh, bad family situations, obviously. They've got sometimes there may be some mental health issues. Maybe sometimes there's obviously some money issues. And uh, usually there's the lack of a father who wants to stay That's involved right. in the process. And so yeah. they have no one to turn to. Yeah. They have no one to turn to. And then there's the lies of the, the people saying, oh, we'll take care of it. And you'll forget all about it. No. No. Well, once you're pregnant, you are pregnant and you have a child. And you can never not have that child. That's exactly right. You can have an abortion or you can give birth or you can plan an adoption, but you will never not have that child. Chris, we should take the time now to to let people know who are probably motivated now to find out a little bit more about Good Counsel Homes. Let's go through the the contact information and the numbers again, if you wouldn't mind. And maybe if someone wants to uh, mail you a letter, how would they do that? Sure. Well, it's Good Counsel, and that is C-O-U-N-S-E-L, and they can write to P.O. Box. 6068. It doesn't run off your tongue, but it's P.O. Box 6068 in Hoboken, New Jersey. That's H-O-B-O-K-E-N, home of Frank Sinatra. There you God go. Soul. <laughs> New Jersey, 07030. 07030 is a zip. Or you can go to Good Counsel Homes, and that's C-O-U-N-S-E-L. Again, Good Counsel Homes with the S at the end of it, dot O-R-G on the website. And that phone number again, the hotline. The national hotline is for those who know a mom in in a crisis pregnancy or want to, if they're a mom or in themselves and need help, call 24-7-800-723-8331. And for those who have had an abortion, who are troubled by their involvement because of an abortion, men or women or even the siblings of an abortion, postabortionhelp.org is Good Counsel's postabortionhelp.org. Chris, we really appreciate you taking the time oh, I'm really to be here to here. talk to us at the Catholic Cafe thank about you. this worthy, yeah, worthy, you. beautiful ministry you've got going. Yeah. Oh, thank you. We'll God pray for you, and we'll uh, uh, send our support your way. Thank you so much. Let's close in prayer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are the author of life, and you fervently desire that all life be counted as precious. Help us to provide a loving and caring environment in which to welcome your newest and most vulnerable creations, especially for those mothers who encounter the many obstacles and burdens that the world can put in their way. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.